I'm Ali Slago. My book's name is I Dream of Dinner, and I have been a recipe developer for a really long time. And if I'm telling the truth, a big inspiration for my recipes is the TV show The Office, just because could you think of a more ordinary place than a paper supply company? Could you think of a more ordinary thing than making dinner every single day? I think the show is so good at showing that there's beauty and humor in the ordinary, and that is what I try and do with my recipes. I'm Jesse Sparks, and this is The One Recipe, a podcast that talks to chefs and good cooks in hopes of learning the answer to one big question. What is their one recipe? The one they pass on to friends and family near and far. The one they'd write into their will if it weren't bound to create a little bit of family drama. Well, this week, I'm checking in with Ali Slagle. Ali's a recipe development juggernaut. She's currently a New York Times contributor, and she's worked for Food 52, The Washington Post, and so many others. Her new cookbook, I Dream of Dinner So That You Don't Have To, is a case study in deeply satisfying but simple meals that anyone in any kitchen can make. If you thought The Office was simply beautiful, wait till you get a load of this book. Let's get right into it. Allie, thank you so much for making time. Thank you, Jesse. It's great to see you. Oh, it's great to see you too. So you're a well-established recipe developer, writer, a food stylist, and you also just recently published a cookbook. Uh, what was the process of writing it like? It took about two years and the whole thing happened in the pandemic. I actually signed the contract like a couple weeks before the pandemic started. So I, I had a really good big project to work on. Um, and I think it affected the book in really cool ways. I couldn't go grocery shopping very often. So the book really pulls on staples that I always have around. We shot the whole book in my apartment during COVID. So I think it in many ways kind of emulated how people would be using the book, which is like, you're hungry, it's late, you don't have time to go to the market. Like, what joy can you find in your kitchen and cook for dinner? A little birdie let me know that you did at least some of the recipe development in a camper. Just about right when I was done with the book, we set off on a six-month trip in a camper van. Truly, I was like approving the cover from a campsite at Devil's Tower. But I think at the end of recipe development for the book, I kind of was like, what else is there to cook? Like, I'm out of ideas. Like, I need some new inspiration. So this trip, um, six months around the country in a camper van, really helped me kind of come up with new ideas to keep the recipe ideas coming. Let's back up a little bit, because I know that there is so much that we just skipped over. You used to be somewhere in the medical field. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Wow. Well, when I was in high school, I thought I was going to go into the medical field. We had a program in high school where we were paired with professors at universities to help them with their um, research. And so I worked with the dean of the nursing school at UCLA, working with, um, it was specifically art therapy for drug-addicted unhoused teenagers. So I was doing a bunch of focus groups with her and helping her write her research papers. So that was my, I guess that was really like my first take at like publishing, which was scientific publishing, which is really different. And then when I went to school, I did start out as a public health major, but the program was really hard to get into at my school. So I abandoned that in favor of 
just having fun and exploring the world and majoring in geography instead. Were there any kind of similarities between the two worlds, even though a lot of people think of them as being wildly, wildly different? Um, I mean, I think at my core, I still hope that my work is helping people. Like, I think that is kind of the through line mm-hmm. is like, how can I make people's every day a little bit better? And I, I'm always thinking about like the basic needs, you know, whether it's medicine, health, diet. So to me, like recipes do provide a sort of essential need for many people. Like, you know, a lot of people have to cook dinner. They don't necessarily want to cook dinner. And I'm I'm thinking about them when I'm developing recipes. Like they may not want to spend many days like curing tomatoes in their kitchen. Like what can they make that is still enjoyable, but easy. And that geography major also helps out a little bit with the cross-country road trips and uh, the inspiration searching. I think, too, like, um, geography major, like, there isn't a direct path for any one field, but I think it really helped me think about cooking in an interesting way. Like, there's just so many foods that exist all over the world that cropped up independent of one another, including the kind of the recipe I, I picked today. But I think it did in some way affect my cooking life. Can you tell me a little bit about this go-to recipe that you uh, referenced earlier? Sure. So when we were on this cross-country road trip, my boyfriend wanted to go on this trip because he wanted to like off-road and like, you know, sleep on cliffs and things. And I was like, I will do that, but I have to be able to cook because I can't just like eat trail mix for six months, <laughs> which, which was he would have been fine with. Yeah. Um, so, oh my gosh. so he built a little kitchen in the back of the van, which is basically just a camp stove and um, some shelves where I can keep pots and pans. Um, and in many ways, the setup is not that different than my kitchen in Brooklyn. Like it's funky and small. And, and the goal is the same, like food that is good, that happens with few ingredients and not that much dishwashing. But the things that I didn't think about was like we were cooking outside and we were traveling in the winter. So like, what can I cook in the snow that will not be annoying? What can I cook in the wind or on unstable ground? And also our dishwashing was a little strange because we didn't have hot water. So I couldn't really like get grease off of anything. So really the best option was to boil things specifically to make soup and to make soup extremely fast. And like, what is the fastest soup? It is instant soup mix, right? Um, Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So we obviously (laughs) packed a couple instant soup mixes. And so we were making that, but also like we really had to keep our energy up on this trip. So like I was thinking about protein and vegetables and stuff like that. So this soup, which I have now called soup mix stracciatella, has you stream a beaten egg into the finished soup mix. And also like I would just tear some vegetables um, with my hand and throw that into the soup too. We have a little fridge and I would put broccoli or kale or whatever. The idea really comes from stracciatella, which is a Roman soup coming from the words that means little strands or to shred, but also like egg drop soup. And actually the Mandarin of egg drop soup, the translation means egg flour soup, meaning like the little flowers of eggs that come about. But there's also like a Spanish soup, a garlic soup that has beaten egg in it. And so it's like there's this tradition of making Um, humble ingredients into a really delicious egg soup. And this camp version is exactly that. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. Wait, so first and foremost, do you have thoughts on a favorite stock, on a favorite 
soup mix or a, a broth base? Sure. So the soup mixes that I brought, I really love the Shin Ramyun, which is... <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. For people at home, I literally just fist pumped the air like it's 2011. Um, sorry, I would I have a fan. No, I mean, really, it, it requires that kind of reaction. It is really that good. Um, it's a really spicy soup mix, but it's um, like you don't have to add any seasoning, but it's it's like a developed spice and it's very salty and it is so good. How, how would you describe it? Did I explain it very well? Oh, you did a great job. So for anyone who, you know, this may be your first introduction to it, it's like a Korean instant noodle mix. So it's kind of like the the broth packet or the little like powdered seasoning mix that comes in an instant noodle. So yeah, so it's shin like the leg bone um, and it's spicy, it's bright, it's vibrant, but it's also just really, really fulfilling. It also, um, like you can get it at walmart and at like i've seen it at gas stations and stuff like that so it's a it's around and i really hope that everyone picks it up if people can't find that do you have another recommendation ali so my other favorite which is like a very opposite um experience is the lipton chicken noodle soup but the one no chicken extra noodle it ha- doesn't have like little bits of vegetable it really is just like a lot of soft noodles in a very kind of like artificial chicken broth flavor, which I do really love mm-hmm. sometimes, like that MSG chicken powder flavor. That's what I would eat when I was sick as a kid. So that's a big favorite too. So earlier you'd also mentioned that you had some type of hearty green that you would kind of work in. Do you have any recommendations or favorites? Well, so we have a tiny fridge in the van and I would try and pack it with enough food to last us like three or four days. So Broccolini was a big hit because it was so little and you could kind of like slip it along the edges. I also think Brussels sprouts, like we know to roast them and stuff like that, but thinly slicing them is just so great. Like you can just add it to the soup or you can add it to stir fries really easily. Those were two big rotation ones. And that's amazing because they'll cook so quickly and beautifully. So can you just kind of give me a quick summary again for how you just blaze through this. You know, it's cold, it's rainy, and you just need dinner in 15, 20, 30 minutes. Sure. Should I set the scene? You've been driving for 10 hours in the uh, wilderness. Audible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the sun has been down for many, too many hours. And you are like, I'm just going to eat some crackers tonight. But you really should eat something warm. I believe in always having a meal, even if you don't really want to make it. So you get a pot of water going on your stove, camp stove or normal stove or fire, if that's what you have. You add the soup mix. And while that's going, in one of the actual soup bowls, beat two eggs with a fork. And like maybe two or three minutes until the soup is ready, throw in your vegetable, which you have broken up with your hands or with a knife on a cutting board. And then once the soup is done, you'll take the soup off the heat And as you're stirring the soup with one hand, you'll pour the egg into the soup with your other hand. The faster you stir, the thinner the egg will be. So you could actually just pour it in without stirring and just get kind of like a pancake of egg. Um, But you do kind of want to stir. And then once you see the cooked egg kind of floating around, it'll kind of look like cumulus clouds in your soup bowl, you just pour it into your soup bowls. And if you're worried about kind of like the raw egg in the soup bowl where you beat the egg, the heat from the soup will cook it. So you don't have to worry about that. And 
Then you eat it and you're so warm and happy. And then the only things you have to clean up are one fork, two bowls, one pot, and two spoons. This is the South Sydney Street like equivalent that we all needed for our cooking. <laughs> you know, it's so simple, but it also gives you so many opportunities to kind of build it up and spice it up with things that you love. I think that's one thing that we all just love about your recipes is that they're so foundational and fundamental without being like too rudimentary or too like condescending in their in their practice. They're real and they're thoughtful. Um, how often do you find yourself making it at home? You know, I do believe in like food in case of emergencies or food to save for special occasions. Like I, I really will only eat corn in the summer or sweet potatoes in the winter because it's something to look forward to. And I would hate to get sick of this soup because I do not know what I would make in the van if I did not have this soup. So I'm saving it for um, when I need it again in the van, which will which will happen. Ugh, well, that sounds amazing. Thank you so much for your time, Ali. And glad to know that we're bonded by Shin Ramyun love. So true. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. Ali Slagle is the author of I Dream of Dinner so that you don't have to. You can find the recipe for her stracciatella on Instagram at the.one.recipe and at theonerecipe.org. This week's episode was made for you by producer Erica Romero, associate producer Ren Farrell, technical director Alexander Simpson, and digital producer James Napoli. Sally Swift is our managing producer. APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Schaffer, and Joanne Griffith. Beth Perlman is our executive producer. The One Recipe was created by Sally Swift and Erica Romero. I'm Jesse Sparks. This is APM Studios. Go make some magic this week.